Church. Thanks for listening in. We exist as a church to connect people to the heart of God and to a family within the church. And we believe that Jesus is the way. We hope this message blesses you and gives you hope today. How y'all doing? Fine? Good? I was hoping for better, but we can work with that. We can work with fine. Uh, almost choked. My name is Bronson. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, if you're new to our church, uh, I'm, I'm one of the leaders, one of the pastors here. And uh, this summer, we've, we've been doing summer at downtown. So what does that mean? We're not in a strict series, uh, which I kind of like. I've got, a, I've got two sides of my personality. One of the sides that's super, you know, type A, anal retentive, and the other side, which is like, I don't want to be boxed in. And so summer's that time. That's the boxed in, not non-boxed in Bronson time. And so... Um, we're doing a few things. We're doing testimonies and we're doing wisdom. And I just want to communicate my heart for you as your pastor. I want you to enjoy your summer. Uh, I want you to grow and, and flourish and get out in the sun. And uh, it talks about in the Bible, it says, I pray that things may go well with you as it goes well with your soul. Um, and, and for me, I, I love summer. There's, there's such thing as summer Bronson. That's what Callie calls me. Uh, or I pull up the baby pool, turn on the sprinkler, sit in the front yard, okay? I just love getting outside. And so for y'all this summer, I just, I just want you to be encouraged. Uh, I want you to be built up. And, and so that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to encourage you with testimony and give you some practical things that are gonna help you. And so uh, we've done a couple of messages last weekend. Uh, Marius, our crazy old Maurice, as I like to call him, uh, did, did part two of a message series we're kind of doing within all this called Wisdom Builds the House. And we're, we're basing that out of Psalm 127. Here's what it says. It says, unless the Lord, unless who? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. We believe that God is building our individual houses, but he's also building our collective houses, this church, uh, which I'm pumped about, I'm excited about. Uh, th this morning, we're gonna do something fun. Uh, we're, we're gonna look at Proverbs chapter eight. And, and what I wanna start with is this. The Bible is one of the most fun, I would say the most fun, book that you can study because it's complex and it's simple and there's all these things that tie together which makes it so much fun to study and read for our whole lives. Everybody say meta-narrative. Meta-narrative. If you've heard that word before, raise your hand. Come on, where are my, where are my Bible scholars at? Meta-narrative. Meta-narrative is the story within the story. And it's really important whenever you study specifically the Old Testament, but also the New, to see the story that God's weaving together throughout all of these different books, throughout thousands of years of history, through 66 books, many different authors, the story that God's trying to tell. Why is this important? Because understanding the story within the story helps us accurately interpret what we're reading. And so one of the things that I always try to do when I'm reading the Old Testament is say, where is Jesus in the Old Testament? Here, I want to give you this. Anytime you're reading the Old Testament, you can see the character of Jesus woven throughout it. We can see it in the character of Moses, right? What did he do? He led God's people through the river, right, out of slavery into freedom. What did Jesus do? Jesus led us out of slavery to sin and death into the freedom, the promised land that God has for us. So you can see this all throughout. And so Proverbs is a really fun place to look. I almost wish we had started this wisdom talk with this message, but I didn't have that idea until this past week. So here we are. Uh, 
Again, this is loose Summer Bronson. Here we are. Um, but we're going to be in Proverbs 8. I, I want you to keep that in mind, and we're going to be looking at the personality of wisdom. Okay, we're going to be looking at the personality of wisdom and how we can find it. Here, Camille, I'll let you get to your place. She's, she's going to read a lot of scripture, okay, uh, here in a second. I'm going to set this up. But this is my thesis this morning, is that godly wisdom is woven into the fabric of our world, and it's eternal, personal and accessible to all. So godly wisdom is woven into the fabric of our world. It's eternal, it's personal, and it's accessible to all. Okay, so she's going to read the entirety of Proverbs 8. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen, soak it in, listen for themes, and, and, and listen for things that, that jump out. You know, when God's word is read, I think this is probably the most powerful part of the service. And so just take a moment. As things jump out to you, write it down, listen, read it on the screen as she reads it aloud, Okay. Let's do that, then we're going to jump into it. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gates of the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud. I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people, use use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign, and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help, and nobles make righteous judgments. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wage is better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness and paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. The Lord formed me from the beginning, before he created anything else. I was appointed in ages past, at the very first, before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters. Before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil, I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so that they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence, and how happy I was with the world he created, and how I rejoiced with the human family. And so, my children, listen to me, for all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my house. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. 
God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's eternal. God, that it's spoken and God, that it's for us. And so God, I pray that this morning, God, that you would speak to us. God, you're the creator of heaven and earth. You're the designer of all things. Teach us how to live. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, uh, this past week, uh, Callie and I got to get out of town. I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I, th- I think a lot of y'all know that. Uh, but Augusta and Charleston, South Carolina are, are very similar cities. So, th- so they're both kind of my stomping grounds. I grew up going back and forth between the two, and now I've got family in Charleston. So when I vacation, it's not so bad to go visit family at the beach. Can I get an amen? Somebody from that. And so we went and we were hanging out. And it's so fun, y'all, when you're a parent. Parents, you're going to relate to this. Taking your kids to the place where you used to vac- vacation and remembering how excited you were to get there. And then it was just so cool to see Georgia running out to the same beach I used to run out to. And so we're playing and watching her play with her nieces and cousins. It was just, it was an absolute blast, okay? And so... During that week, though, I, I learned something about one of the children. All right, I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but maybe you can deduce which one. Um, it's one of mine. Uh, they'd be playing, and she would have, like, a Capri Sun or, like, a water, and they're playing, playing, playing. All of a sudden, I'd look over, and she'd be, like, drinking out of the birdbath. And not like. Like, she would be drinking out of the birdbath. And I'd say, no, like, come over here. i got a Capri Sun here. They're like, the other parents are looking at me, kind of judging me. Like, I'm like, no, there's a drink literally right there. Like, she's choosing to go drink out of the birdbath. And then we go inside again, puts the water down, goes and grabs. You can't make this stuff up. Goes and grabs a medicine cup, dips it in the toilet, <laughs> and is drinking toilet water. And it's like, no, like, what are you doing? You know, like, we've got water for you. And so baby girl's a survivor, okay? But we're working on her standards, all right? She's a survivor. She's going to make it. Working on her standards, okay? Pray for me. Um, But I started thinking about watching her do this, and I'm like, we all do this, right? Like, we really think about it. We might be not drinking out of toilet water, (laughs) but... When we're going through trouble, how often do we go to bad sources to try to get the things that we need, right? Like how often like we're going through life and we're struggling to make a decision and we go to like some hype, be a millionaire, uh, Instagram page for like trying to figure out how to make decisions or we start going to look at horoscopes, right? Instead of the Bible and saying, well, I'm a Leo and so that makes me this. And it's like, I don't know if that's biblical or wise, right? Or how often do we go to friends whose lives are a disaster and start trying to get advice from them, right? It's the same thing. It looks different as adults, but what we're doing is we have a good source of water and we're going and drinking from toilets, right? God has better plans for us. Y'all, here's, here's what we know about life. Life is incredibly complex, right? There are things about life that are simple, but we make them complex, right? But then there are some things that are just difficult to sort through. How do we sort through those things? Biblically, we need wisdom, right? We need wisdom to navigate the complexities of life well. Here's what we all know. You can be knowledgeable, but not wise, right? You can be knowledgeable, but not wise. You can even be successful, in some places, but not have wisdom. You can be the richest person in every room you walk in, but have a poor marriage, right? You can have it all together on the outside, but on the inside, you're crippled by anxiety, insecurities, fear. 
You can have huge measures of success in certain areas of life, but be utterly incapable of navigating conflict well. You can know what to do, right? But be seemingly incapable of bending your will to do those things. More on that here in a second. We need help. We need advocates. We need wisdom. There's an example in film from a character named Stanley Hudson, right? Anybody? Stanley Hudson? You're going to hell, Stanley, right? (laughs) That's a quote. (laughs) Stanley Hudson says this. He says, I used, uh, he says, it's like I used to tell my wife, I don't apologize unless I think I'm wrong. And if you don't like it, you can leave. And I say the same thing to my current wife, and I'll say it to the next one too, right? The first time I heard that, I'm like, that's, it's hilarious, but that's crazy, right? He has knowledge. He knows that if he doesn't apologize or he doesn't lay down his pride, it's going to cost him his marriage. He just doesn't care. He's not willing to lay down his pride to do what he needs to do to have the things that he needs to have. He knew what he needed, but pride kept him from it. Look at this, Proverbs 8. 12 and 13. This is I, wisdom. Now, this is, again, we're going to get into this in a second. I love that it's speaking from the perspective of wisdom. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord hate evil, and therefore I hate pride and arrogance. Y'all, listen. Some of you guys, your biggest problem in life is your pride. It keeps you from saying sorry it keeps you from bending, like you, you think you know what you need to do or you think you know what's right, and it's destroying relationships, it's destroying work relationships, it's destroying marriages. And I'm telling you, if you don't learn to lay down your pride, it will erode the precious places in your life and the things that God has for you. Why? Because when we are prideful, wisdom cannot dwell. In the areas where pride rules, wisdom cannot dwell. That's what the scripture is telling us here. And y'all, we need wisdom to navigate the complexities of life well. The proverb says it more bluntly. It says that we need wisdom to not be fools, right? To not be reckless. Okay, so let's jump in. We've got to remember the purpose of Proverbs is to show us how to apply knowledge. If you remember from the past few weeks, knowledge is useless unless it's what? Applied, right? Unless we apply our knowledge, it's useless. So the purpose of this book is to give us practical skills for living well in whose world? God's world, right? I love this purpose particular proverb because it's wisdom personified. I love this. This is so much fun. Just from a literary perspective, from a theological perspective, we're, we're going to have fun with this. It says, I wisdom. We should listen. When It's like, hey, I wisdom, who has existed from the beginning, am speaking to you. I think that's a good place to like put an earmark in our Bibles, right? Proverbs 8. So here's what we're going to see. We're going to see the origins of wisdom. We're going to see the personality of wisdom. We're going to see the heart of wisdom, the goal of wisdom, and ultimately how we can get wisdom. You all with me? Okay, let's look at it. First, wisdom's origins. Point number one. How much time do we have left? We didn't start the clock. Okay. I got it. 20 minutes. Here we go. First, godly wisdom is eternal. Everybody say eternal. 
Now, now notice this. I wonder if this jumped out to you as we were reading through it. Proverbs 8, 22 through 31. I'm not going to read all this, but just notice it says, the Lord formed me from the beginning. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past at the very first, before the earth began, wisdom was there. Does this sound familiar to you at all? Yell it out. If it sounds familiar, something that existed from the beginning. Gospel of John chapter 1. In the beginning, this is talking about Jesus, it says the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed from the beginning with God. Who is the author talking about? Who is wisdom? Jesus is the personification, the living, breathing, walking around, living example of wisdom. Here, this chapter is wisdom written. When we look at the life of Jesus, it's wisdom lived, right? In the beginning, wisdom was with God. Jesus was with God. And we see, when we get to the New Testament, that wisdom leapt from the page and began to live. This is why it's so important for us to look at the life of Jesus, He's the living, breathing embodiment of wisdom that existed from the beginning. So what does this mean? If we're to live well in this world, which is God's world, which he and wisdom built together, then we must know and love wisdom if we want to live well within this world. We must know Jesus. Okay, so what is wisdom? Keller uh, defines it like this. I think it's a pretty good working definition. Wisdom can be defined as competence with regard to the complex realities of life. It has to do with understanding a particular situation than knowing the right thing to do. Who wants some of that? Come on. I want some of that. Jesus knew the keys to living well. He could pinpoint what was robbing life from someone. Think about it. With Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus never put it all the way out there, but he knew his dishonesty and his lying was robbing life from him. The woman at the well, he knew that her lust, her dependence on men, was robbing life from her. The rich young ruler, Jesus pinpointed his greed. He said, give up everything you have, follow me, and you'll have life. He was saying, your wealth is robbing you of life. Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom, and he showed them the way out. Y'all, this is what wisdom does for us. It pinpoints the areas where life is being robbed from us. Wisdom is not just knowing information, but it's knowing how to implement that information, all right? Uh, so for me as a pastor, it's not just knowing like, okay, here's some church strategy, here's some things that you should do. It's knowing how and when and the right times and the right seasons to apply those things. You know, there's no way I can lead the church well without wisdom, right? Let's think about our lives. Husbands, you've been in the church long enough, you know, in Ephesians, it says what? We should lay our lives down for who? Our wives, but wisdom is not just knowing that, it's day-to-day knowing how to do that, right? It's not just the knowledge that we should, it's knowing in different scenarios how we do it. Okay, wives, in the same section it says we should, uh, that, that you should respect your husbands, that's how he receives love. So it's not just knowing that, it's knowing like when he's being a bonehead, right? How do I still respect him? How do I still love him? How do I still build him up, right? This 
is wisdom. It's not just knowing. Like the scripture says that children are arrows in the hands of a warrior. That's a great scripture, right? It's like, yes, I've got a quiver full of warriors. But it's knowing how to discipline and walk with those bent arrows, right? Getting those arrows straight so that when they're 18 years old, we can launch them in the world. We can bless them as men and women and say, you're ready to go out and make an impact in this world. That is what wisdom offers us. You know, I am 100% convinced. I'm more convinced than I was before the pandemic. This is one of the gifts that God's given me through this past two years. I am more convinced that, than ever that the keys to living well in the world are within the Bible. I'm, I'm convinced that it has answers for us as individuals. I'm, I'm convinced that it has the answers for us as the church. I'm actually convinced that it has the answers for us as a society if we would listen and if we as Christians would graciously bring these answers to the world. Amen? Number two. So number one, godly wisdom is eternal. Number two, godly wisdom is personal. Everyone say personal. Okay, let's look at this. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. I love this. On the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gate of the entrance of the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud, I call to all of you, I raise my voice. Wisdom is yelling at us, okay? Hey, have you ever seen a parent trying to get the attention of a toddler? It's like, hey, 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 hey. Like a toddler with ADD, anybody else? Like, hey, over, over here, listen, now, now, now. Like, hey, 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 <laughs> right? That's what wisdom is doing. Wisdom is brash. Okay, wisdom is persistent. Wisdom will keep knocking at the door. And sometimes, right, some of the ways that wisdom speaks is unfortunately through our pain, right? Ouch, that hurt. Have I ever told you a little story about how uh, God healed me of my, my temper? Have I told that here? I don't know that I have. Uh, I was 17 years old. I've been walking with Jesus for about two months. I had a horrific temper as a child. I, I was that, that student. Some of y'all parents with high school students have some of these. Um, I, I would like punch holes in the wall. I once punched a hole through the bathroom door. Was just an idiot, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I remember one day I lost my temper and I walked outside and there was an oak tree. And I reared back, squared up, and I hit that oak tree and broke my hand. And in that moment, again, this is, I've, I've been uh, filled with the Holy Spirit for about two months, been walking with God in my hand, or in that moment, I just felt like God whispered to me, like, do you see how stupid this is? <laughs> and, and it hit me, losing my temper is dumb. <laughs> you know, like, this is a dumb thing to do. Quit losing your temper. And God started working with me in that, right? Yo, wisdom has a personality. Wisdom has a way of breaking through. Wisdom has a way of speaking to us, of getting straight to the point, and it's brash, it's loud, it's urgent, it's blunt, it's truthful, it's honest, and if we're honest, it hurts our egos, right? Here's the truth. Wisdom has great gain, but it comes at a cost. If you want wisdom, you have to let go of your ego. If you want wisdom, you have to let go of your pride because wisdom and pride will not dwell together. That's one of the stipulations that wisdom gives, right? But here's one of our problems. We overcomplicate simple things, and we oversimplify complex things, all right? How does that look in a marriage? I wonder if you've ever had one of these. It's like, hey, like, when you go to the bathroom, could you just put the toilet seat back down? And you're like, you're obsessed with cleanliness, right? Or you come up with some stupid reason. It's like, just put the toilet seat down. Just say, okay, I'm sorry, I forgot, you know? But what is it? It's our pride 
that comes up with, or you bring up something else from, from a different argument. It's like, well, you know what? I haven't forgotten about what you did, right? What is that? Stupidity. <laughs> That's pride, right? It's causing a fight. Y'all, some of Callie and I's biggest fights were over the most ridiculous things. Come on, anybody can testify to that? It's not what you said, it's the way you said it. Well, I know that's what I said, but that's not what I meant. And you just crucify each other over those things instead of being level-headed and wise, right? Come on, we've all done this. And just saying, you know what? I know that that's what I said, but here's what I meant. You're right, I misspoke, right? Easy, done, but we can't do it, right? No, you misheard me, or you're always, you know, you're always focusing on the details, or we, we overcomplicate something that's very simple. It's like, hey, we were wrong. Like, I'm sorry, let's just say I'm sorry. Or... Like, and this is, you see this so clearly in social things. We, we try to oversimplify complex things, right? I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It a lot of the social issues that we're dealing with right now, right? Like, there are certain parts of it that are simple and that are clear and that we have biblical answers to, but there's other parts that are complex. So almost any social issue has an economic side, it has a moral side, it has a policy side, it has a personal side, it has a pastoral side, it has a, a scientific side. We have to use wisdom to sort through these things, and, and, and our world would say, no, it's either this or it's this, right? If you're on social media the last two years, right? You're either on this side or you're on this side. As Christians, we can hold a couple of different perspectives at once, right? We have to get down to what the issue's really about. Um, another way we oversimplify is we, we stubbornly stereotype our spouses or our friends, right? Well, you're just mean. You're just mean. Well, we, we don't take into account the family of origin. We don't, we don't take into account the things that they experience as a child. We're just upset at that moment. Or you're just lazy. That's the problem. We, we don't take into account they might be depressed. They might be beat down at work. There might be all other kinds of things going on. Or they're just too sensitive, right? Wisdom knows that beneath these surface level things, there's a whole array of things that stack to cause those problems, right? Wisdom helps us cut through that stuff and get to the truth. This is the personality, the activity of wisdom. And it's something that we have to pursue. In this text, we see the personification of wisdom described. We talked about that. In Christ, we see the personification of wisdom lived. Let's look at what the text describes and then what Christ lives. Listen as wisdom calls out. Here's understanding, raises her voice. Look, on the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. Y'all, Jesus was at the crossroads meeting beggars and fools, right? He was sitting on the hilltop sharing God's message and God's word. By the gates of the entrance of the town, on the roads leading in, Jesus sat at wells in the heat to save immoral women. Jesus on the roadside stopped with blind beggars and fools and brought healing and understanding. Jesus is all the things that we searched for lived out. This is why it's so important that we seek him. Because the heart of Jesus and the heart of wisdom is to save. Point number three, godly wisdom saves. Proverbs 8, 4 through 11 says, I call to you, all of you, I raise my voice to you people, you simple people, use good judgment. What is that saying? I want to help you. You foolish people, show some understanding. I want to help you. I want to save you. Listen to me. I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right. I speak the truth. I detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There's nothing devious or crooked in it. Okay, parents, 
if your child or if you don't have if you don't have a child or a friend, if you see somebody sprinting into the road, right? They're chasing a ball or they're chasing whatever, right? They're not looking around and you see a bus heading towards your child or your friend or your niece or your nephew, what are you gonna do? First, you're gonna what? You're gonna yell. I'm a little disturbed that we're not tracking here. First, you yell, right? Stop, right? Georgia Duke, <laughs> stop. And then if they don't respond, what are you gonna do? You're gonna sprint into that road and you're gonna throw that child out of the way even if you get hit by the bus. Here in Proverbs 8, we see wisdom yelling, stop. But in Jesus, when wisdom left off the page, we see wisdom running after us and pushing us out of the way and getting hit by the bus. Y'all, that is the gospel. How many of us, if we're honest, every time wisdom calls, we answer? We're like, yep, every time. None of us. Not one of you. Not one of me, right? That's why we need Jesus. Because there are, there's a bus called mistakes and bad judgment and all these things that's hurling towards us. And in Jesus, he pushed us out of the way. He took the punishment so that we could learn by his grace to walk in wisdom. The gospel is that, Jesus, that, that wisdom didn't just yell, but ran into the streets. Godly wisdom seeks to save. And listen, I've said this before. The, the goal of Jesus is not just your destination, it's your experience, right? How often did Jesus talk about the afterlife? He talked about it, but he spent way more time talking about our present life. Why? Because when we don't obey God, we don't walk with God, we're not walking in the blessing of what he has for us. Jesus' goal was not just to get us into heaven, but to get heaven into us. His goal was not just to get us to heaven, but for his kingdom, right? His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why is that? He wants us to walk in wisdom. He wants us to experience the blessing of wisdom. Proverbs 8, 9 and 11. My words are plain to anyone with understanding and clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with it. You know, we, we've talked about this each time, but the Proverbs are full of principles, not promises, okay? So it goes on and it talks about how, like, if you walk with wisdom, you're going to have treasure, you're going to have gold, you're going to have blessing, you're going to have all these different things. This is not, like, soft prosperity gospel, okay? This is not saying, like, well, if you walk with God, you're going to be rich, you're going to drive a Mercedes, it's guaranteed, just make sure you keep tithing, right? That is not the message of the Scripture. What the Scripture is saying is if you walk by these principles, you're going you're, you're to have success in life, right? You're going to have more success in life if you live by these principles. Now, here's what we know. Look at the disciples, right? They did not live the blessed life by our definition, right? Like being crucified upside down doesn't sound great, you know? Like, like the, there are persecutions, there are things, but y'all, listen, wisdom existed in the beginning. It's the fabric that holds our world together. And so if we live by these principles and implement them into our life, they will help us with our families and our communities, and they'll bring flourishing. The result of wisdom is knowing what to do. This is the blessing of wisdom. When difficult situations arise, 
with family issues. Who knows family issues are complex, right? They're so complex. Wisdom helps us navigate it. Y'all, that's a blessing. Who wants some of that? Come on. With raising your children. Children are very complex and very simple all at the same time, right? But wise principles make it simpler. That's a blessing. Who wants some of that? Parents. Dealing with conflict with friends at work, it's complex, but wisdom makes a clear path to resolution. That's a blessing. You know, having money, and some of you guys know this firsthand, does not solve the complexities of life you face, right? You have to know how to use it. You have to know what to do with it. You need wisdom to know how to use it responsibly. That's a blessing. Who wants some of that? Okay, so how do we get it? We've talked about what it is. We've talked about its personality. We've talked about what it brings to us. How do we get it? It's really simple. We ask. Godly wisdom is always available. It's the last point. It's always available if we ask. James 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks what? 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 You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Isn't that good? He gives generously. He doesn't say, oh, well, you messed up last week. No wisdom for you, right? And it will be given to you. If we ask God, he'll give us wisdom. I remember as a teenager, I was 17, and I had complex issues I was facing. Complex issues in addiction in my personal life, addiction to my family's life. I was living 600 miles away from home. I was lost. <laughs> I did not know how to handle this, guys. There was stuff, conversations I was having with parents, family members, I was not ready for. Conversations, honestly, I hope my 17-year-old doesn't have to have when my children are that age. But I remember one night so clearly, stopping again, I've been walking with God for about six months at this point, I was like, God, I have no idea. But my Uncle Kevin, had told me about this cat named Solomon. And Solomon was a young king. And God said, Solomon, I'll give you anything you ask for. What do you want? He said, give me the wisdom to lead the people. And I said, if God would give Solomon the wisdom to lead the people, maybe he'd give me the wisdom to navigate these situations. And I prayed a simple prayer. I just said, God, give me the wisdom to navigate situations that are way too complex for me. Give me the wisdom of somebody who has way more years and way more experience than I have. God, bless me with that. And what I wanna tell you guys is that God absolutely hooked me up and blessed me with wisdom. It was something that I had at, the, at that point in different phases of my life when I felt lost. I've remembered that moment. That, that's become something I can look back at a pillar and say, man, God answers this prayer. In every season of life, I stop. I say, God, give me wisdom to be a good husband. I don't know how to do it. God, give me the wisdom of somebody who's been married for 50 years. God, give me the wisdom to be a good parent. God, give me the wisdom to be a good boss. God, give me the wisdom to be a good friend. God, give me the wisdom to be a good pastor. And here's what I know, that a lot of you guys are desperate for wisdom right now. And so what I wanna do, when I, how I wanna close this service is us just asking God for wisdom. And, and we're gonna take some time. The worship team's gonna come up. Y'all can go ahead and come forward wherever you guys are at. And I, I wanna take some time and, and I wanna pray for uh, wisdom for parents. 
Wisdom for employees, for bosses, for, for children, for children of aging parents. I know that's complicated. Let's ask God for help. Wisdom with finances. So again, as they come forward, how do we access wisdom? Number one, through a relationship with Jesus. Number two, through reading God's word. Number three, through praying and fasting when issues arise. Number four, from getting advice from pastors and friends. And number five, being humble. I'm telling you guys, this is the secret right here. Being humble. Humility attracts God's presence. And pride repels God. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's do this. Uh, Stand to your feet. And I just want to take a few moments. Um, We're going to go into a time of response. And I'm going to do something a little different. Dwayne, could you stand here? Jess, do we have somebody who's going to be praying in the back? Uh, We're going to have somebody who's in the back. Dwayne's going to be here. Jess is going to be down here. We've got a few pastors out. Uh, I'm going to pray over you, but if you need specific prayers for some areas and wisdom in your life, come let some of our pastors and elders lay hands on you. That's what the Bible says we should do. And here's the thing. They don't have like magic lightning hands, okay? They have faith. And and, and they're going to lend you some of that faith. That's what prayer is. Amen? And so all across the room, uh, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Y'all, if you're in here and you're a parent and you need wisdom, I just want you to lift your hands real quick. I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for every hand that's raised. God, I thank you for the parents of infants, of toddlers, of teenagers and adults. God, I pray that you would bless them with wisdom. God, wisdom they do not have within themselves, but wisdom that flows from you. God, give them wisdom to know how to discipline. God, give them the wisdom to know when not to discipline. God, give them the wisdom to know how to navigate conversations and all these different things. God, give them the faith to pray and to trust their children in your sovereign hand. God, we trust you with that right now in Jesus' name. Now, I want to pray for anybody in here. You're a boss. You've got people that you employ, and you need wisdom right now for some things. I just want you to lift your hand real quick if that's you. Uh, I see you. I see you. I see you. Uh, God, I thank you for every hand that's raised. God, for every boss that's in this place. God, we thank you that, that you give wisdom to kings and rulers. And God, I pray that you, you give them gracious wisdom to, to lead their employees, to lead their businesses. God, I pray that it wouldn't be out of pride, but actually that they would want to see the good things you have planned for their employees. God, I pray that you would bless them with that. Um, I want to pray for anybody. If you have aging parents and and you're trying to figure out how to navigate that, I just want you to slip your hand up real quick. Uh, You're you're, you're walking with some some parents right now. I see you. Uh, God, I thank you for uh, your grace. God, in these scenarios, God, I know that this is so difficult and painful to, to lead and make decisions for somebody who once led and made decisions for us. God, I pray that you give them the wisdom to know exactly what they need to do, whether it's to help them into a place where it's an assisted living, whether it's to take them in themselves, if there's estate questions, debt questions. God, just give them sharpness and clarity to make the decisions that need to be made. Uh, The other one that was on my heart driving in, if you've got some work stuff, just some work stuff uh, that, that you need wisdom for, I just want you to slip your hand up real quick if that's you. Uh, God, I pray over every one of these hands, or every one of these people. God, I thank you that you see them. God, that you know exactly what's going on. God, I pray that you give them uncommon wisdom, uncommon clarity to to simplify complex situations and to bring truth. God, I pray that it would be a testimony of who you are and a testimony of your grace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen.
Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. I pray that this message that you just listened to helps you and assists you in your journey with Jesus. And if you want to get connection in our church, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock.